What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Trackside Stories. My name is Justin, and I am joined by... Colton Wade. Good to be with you, Justin. Thanks for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. Uh, Colton and I talk on a, I'd say, a pretty regular basis. I'd oh, yeah. say every, yeah. every couple days, at least. Um, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, both BMW guys. Um, whether it has a BMW power plant or not. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, so, Colton, give uh, give the listeners kind of a, a a brief introduction of yourself and where where they have more than likely seen you before. Well, more than likely, you you either know me from my professional career in construction, or uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you likely know me as um, an HPDE track day driver turned race car driver. Um, a little bit, bit about me. Um, I'm 33 years old. Uh, we operate out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, I own Regular Guy Racing. Um, we are a 501c3 charity uh, that also hosts the Future Frontrunners uh, Women in Motorsports Scholarship, which some of you may or may not be familiar with. Um, outside of racing, I own a family-owned construction company here in Columbus. Um, but uh, that's essentially my two full-time jobs anymore is... Uh, growing the family business and still trying to get the um, racing program kind of um, off the ground and on solid footing, uh, whether it be with our um, track rental program or the scholarship program. Um, But generally speaking, um, if you've been to many track days around the Midwest, we've probably been at the track together. Um, And if you're familiar with the uh, Grid Life Touring Cup series, um, you've probably seen me on the live stream with Kyle as well. and uh, you've definitely seen me in the GLTC races. Yeah, I, I remember seeing you in Lydia, right? Yes, that was our that was our first GLTC car, correct? Yeah, I remember seeing you. I didn't meet you there. I met you at AMP. Right. Think. Yep. That's correct. Yep. Yep. AMP that wet, rainy, cold cold weekend it sure well, was friday actually, was cold best and weekend saturday weekend. yeah that that weekend was so cold and wet i lost my fortunato hoodie there i was very bummed about that <laughs> yeah i had a great weekend there that was that was a hell of a weekend yeah that that whole weekend the weather was typical southern weather it was cold wet and rainy friday and then the sun came out Saturday, and then everybody's like, "It's hot. It's really hot." Oh yeah, yeah. And then it was sticky, but it was it was, yeah, it was gross. time there. I, I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed AMP. I'd never been there before. That is a wild track for anyone listening who has never been to AMP or Atlanta Motorsports Park. Ten out of ten recommend. That is a, that is a nuts track. Great track, and the facilities were great too. It was a really enjoyable event. Yeah, one of uh, one of our buddies, uh, Jonathan, learned how hot the showers get. He thought it would be like most typical tracks where it takes forever for the water to get hot. And uh, long story short, he hopped out of the shower in front of a bunch of dudes waiting to get in the shower, butt ass naked, squealing like a little girl because he burned himself getting in the shower. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not, that's atypical. That's the that's the country club style. Uh, private racetrack facility for you there that's that's getting what you paid for 
Definitely. Uh, so Colton, uh, let's let's talk about future front runners uh, sure. because that's something that you know. Obviously, I've anytime you make a post about it, I try to share it and kind of help spread the word because I agree completely. I think women need. I won't say a louder voice because the ones that are involved typically are loud, not in a bad way, but they are very active and push for other women to get into the sport. But I think not enough women know just how, how many women are involved in this sport and what we do. So give us a, give us a rundown on future front runners. So Future Frontrunners is still really new uh, to the grassroots scene. It's only in its second year of operation, uh, but essentially it works like an annual scholarship uh, where myself, my wife, and our uh, partners of the racing team um, in Fields Auto Works, we open up an application process via the Future Frontrunners website, um, and it invites... um, advanced level HPD or more or higher uh, candidates to come apply for this scholarship. And essentially uh, what the scholarship is, um, we offer a full weekend arrive and drive GLTC event um, for the uh, leading candidate of the future frontrunners applications. So um, last year, our recipient was Lisa Keys. Uh, she was a, current Gridlife Time Attack driver um, who was also involved in the instructor program with Gridlife. Um, she'd gone through the HPD program as well um, and was certainly a qualified candidate to jump into wheel-to-wheel racing. Um, and that is kind of the purpose of the existence of the scholarship is to uh, pinpoint qualified female drivers that are at that moment in their driving career where they are ready to take the jump from Uh, either advanced HPDE or time attack or an instructor program, uh, something that has something that demonstrates they've been through a structured and regimented high performance driving education system. Um, So that's kind of our peace of mind that they're qualified to be on track and their heads up enough to uh, start getting into the wheel to wheel scene. Um, So essentially the recipient uh, whatever event we uh, pick for the scholarship that year, the recipient, uh, all they have to do is make their way to the event. Everything else is taken care of for them. We have a prepped and ready GLTC car that they drive for the weekend. We provide trackside and engineering services, hospitality, driver coaching, etc. cetera. Um, everything they need to show up, arrive, compete in their provisional GLTC races, and finish the weekend with their GLTC license. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Um, what it's a what would you say inspired that? Like, what? Um, where where did that inspiration come from? So, the, really, the genesis of it all was I've always um, like enjoyed giving back to my community in in some capacity, no matter what it is. Um, and when I got involved in motorsports beyond just the the track day driving, when I actually got into competition motorsports, um, it became like a, a cornerstone in my life, not just as a hobby, but um, as part of the fabric of my life, really. And it's become such a, a, a positive light for me and such a outlet for um, 
ju- just to, to be myself and to find a little bit of peace and freedom in my life uh, that I don't have outside of the racetrack. Uh, and that a couple years ago, that inspired me to start thinking about, you know, how can I how can I give back to this community? How, how can I do things other than, you know, provide rental cars and et cetera? Uh, how can I do something charitable to show this community um, that they're not only giving me something special in my life, but uh, I'm reciprocating and giving something back. And that didn't really I, I was I was very vague about what I wanted to do. It, I had ideas bouncing around my head all, all the time, but I, I never really had any opportunity to pursue any of them. Um, and then as time went on, um, we kind of just started to think more critically about what, if we were to do something, what should it look like? And the jump off the page answer for me was to find a way to get more female drivers in the GLTC field, because if you just look at, I mean, it, it, it seems so rudimentary, like, hey, what, what is, what's something nice and charitable and positive and effective that you can do for the community? Um, it seems so simple, but the answer was right in front of us in that you look at a 50-car GLTC field and there might be one or two female drivers and the rest are all guys. And yeah. there's, there's certainly a disconnect among the representation of females on track versus the representation of females in the paddock. Like if you walk around a grid life paddock, there are tons of females walking around the paddock, enjoying the event. Um, There are a decent amount of females in the HPDE program, but then you jump into the GLTC entry list and you're like, what happened? There's no female drivers. Um, So that just looked like a, like a glaring, you know, hole that we could fill and it came it presented itself in a way of being able to buy um a very good and well prepped and uh good pedigree gltc car uh two years ago and from there it just kind of the pieces just kind of fell in place around that where we got the car um we got the support system around us and we've got the personnel to put something like this on um, and at the same time, it, it was an opportunity for me to be able to um, kind of pursue that desire to do something charitable for the community. That's really awesome, dude. That's fantastic. That sounds you, you kind of sound like me with Cars for the Cure. You know, when um, after I lost my mom to cancer, that was where I, like the, the thought ran through my head of why? You know, why, why are there still people going through this every day? And I had all the same thing. I had tons of ideas, but wasn't really sure how I wanted to direct it. And so to be able to finally, you know, just like you did, whittle down until you have an exact goal of what it is you're trying to do and then pushing that forward as hard as you can. You know, that's a very, very fulfilling thing. And I, I love doing it. And I'm sure you love future front runners just as much. I can tell just by how you talk about it. So. I do. And, and I mean, granted, it, it's a passion project, right? So like the unfortunate reality about its existence is if I were to fall on, you know, hard times personally where I had to start cutting back on things, um, the scholarships by no means um, cheap to put on. I mean, it's if you add up all of the costs, it's it's tens of thousands of dollars a year to host an event like this for somebody. 
Um, so the, the, like I said, the unfortunate truth around it is, um, if for whatever reason we had to scale back the racing team, because it's not a huge, it's not a moneymaker. I'll never make money at racing. Um, unfortunately the scholarship would probably be, be one of the first things to have to go. Um, but it is something that I, I believe in enough to where if I can, if I can, support it without impacting my ability to um, provide a healthy lifestyle for my family outside of racing, I really want to continue this scholarship. Um, I don't think it'll ever be something, you know, where we're out there like, you know, on, you know, making giant waves in the, in the national motorsports community necessarily. But even if it's just something that we do as friends for the next, however many years we race, um, it's a lot of fun. It's something that I look forward to every year. I know the rest of the team does too. Uh, so even if it never gains any traction beyond what it is today, um, it's definitely special to me. And it's, it's a, it's like I said, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I get it. You know, you've got to have family first. You just have to. Yeah. That's well, the at the end of the day, racing's just, you know, having fun and lighting hundred dollar bills on fire for the most part, but, um, <laughs> you're not wrong. This, yeah. <laughs> not wrong. The scholarship feels more important than that to me. It feels, it feels well, not, not necessarily important, but it feels like it has more purpose than just me going out and having fun racing with my friends. Um, this gives me something to build off of from, uh, not only, a. a personal aspect from, from, but from a business aspect as well, this is something that, uh, we can make a brand off of. Um, we were able to get our 501 C three status last year, which has been a huge blessing, um, in our ability to yeah, continue that's a lot of work. these things. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's a lot of, it's, you know, although we only put this weekend on one weekend every year, I feel like I'm working on it for the entire year. It's crazy. Um, but it's it, it's something that feels like it's got staying power um, beyond just me racing with my friends and having fun. Yeah, no, dude, I get it. Especially the five hundred one c three part. That's people seriously underestimate how much work that actually is just to get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah the application process twenty twenty. Yeah, we got ours in twenty twenty, and it it was a ton of work to make it. Yeah, happen. it is. It is. So let's jump into regular guy racing. I, I know you've talked about it, you know, on other podcasts and whatnot, but a lot of the listeners here, uh, at least as of late, have been local guys who haven't been to a Grid Life event since 2019 when Grid Life South was at Road Atlanta. So a lot of people that are coming to CMP, uh, are one listening to this podcast two are friends of mine and Devin, who is the other host of this podcast. Um, what, well, let, let's backtrack a little bit. What got you into racing specifically? I mean, I'm sure cars started as when you were a kid, just in general. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I have the same Genesis. Every boy falls in love with cars story that, you've ever heard. Um, I, I was in a family that was, you know, pretty car centric. My dad had a couple, um, 
really cool cars, especially uh, at one point he had a fairly fairly large Corvette collection. Um, so I, I do remember, you know, being introduced to the automotive world at a very young age, and it was always intoxicating and intriguing, and I, I always wanted to learn more. I, I've always had uh, an interest in all kinds of engineering, but the, the romance of the automotive world was was really enthralling my over my entire life um and i i, I really uh, if you'd have asked me 10 years ago if i was ever going to drive a race car competitively i would have looked at you like you had worms coming out of your ears it's just not something that i ever like thought i would have access to um likewise I, yeah i mean it's just it, it's one of those things that just you know at that point in my life seemed like, yeah, that sounds really cool, but the 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 idea seems so preposterous that, like, I just never thought I was going to be a racer. Um, in fact, that long ago, 10 years or so, I, I really didn't even know that, like, track days existed. It was, I, I knew autocross was a thing because I was doing it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. But I really hadn't been exposed to, like, the grassroots racing scene. I didn't know that was really an option. Um, when I... First, I'm trying to remember what exactly my first like introduction into just track days was. <laughs> I can't even remember off the top of my head like what I remember my first event, but I don't remember how I heard about it. Um, but I remember, I remember uh, when I first started building a car, it was not to go racing. Um, like my first race car, you mentioned Lydia earlier. Um, when I bought that car, it was not like, I didn't buy it to go GLTC racing. I didn't even know what that was at the time. Um, yeah. I think I, I got that car in like 2017 and I picked it up for, you know, a song and I was like, you know what? Uh, I got a couple extra bucks lying around these days. Um, I'm, I'm finally kind of like up on my own two feet. Um, do I want to go golfing? Do I want to go, you know, I had my pilot's license a long time ago. Do I want to go get recertified? Like, what do I want to do for a hobby? Um, and I was like, you know what? I love cars. I'm going to go find something cheap and fun that I've always wanted. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll gut it and put some go fast parts on it and see if I can find a racetrack that'll let me drive it around. Um, so I found this old BMW on eBay. I went down to Carolina, picked it up, um, brought it home. And that is the, like the day zero uh, Genesis story behind what is now regular guy racing or RGR. Um, it just started as it started as that E46 M3 in my garage that I was just kind of tinkering with. Uh, over the winter, I found a uh, NASA event here in um, or at Mid Ohio the next spring, and uh, once I kind of figured out what a DE program looks like and and how the track day education process kind of hierarchy looks like. Um, I just started to work through their DE program. Um, and obviously as you're at the track and you're exposed to what's going on there throughout those, um, track day weekends, you notice that there's a bunch of different racing groups. So after just being exposed to that, I was like, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll be able to, you know, finish this car and, and go racing and, um, you know, after that, it's kind of the story's kind of middle, 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 and now we have, um, now we're three three years into a GLTC um, campaign, if you will, um, 
and RGR has become um, a relatively well-known, I think at this point, uh, brand around the grid life scene. Uh, and we're also hosting the scholarship. So it kind of went from, you know, just fiddle farting around to now we've got what, you know, some days resembles a racing team. Well, I would say you guys do a fantastic job of it. If, if I do say but from the outside sure, looking in, sure. from the outside looking in, you guys do a very, very good job. Well, um, you, you, any racer knows the the whole the whole driving around the country all year to go to racetracks and, and compete against your friends is a, is a giant traveling circus. So we have, uh, we have hiccups like the rest of them. Oh yeah, we all do. We all do. People, people also kind of romanticize the, the driving around the country, traveling to all these racetrack parts. And we're like, I don't think you really understand. It's work. Like really it, goes it, into it. Yeah, it's so a the, lot of work. You might be able to make the argument that, like, as a beginner, your first couple seasons of driving around to these events is fun. Um, beyond that, it, it you might not go so far as to call it work, uh, but it certainly becomes a chore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. I remember driving to Lime Rock, and that was, oh boy. Yeah, I, I exactly. Took, I took one of... One of my really good friends, he's also a co-worker of mine, uh, I took him with me, and it was his very first Grid Life event. So uh, imagine that. Like, you've never been to Grid Life. You've never even been to a racetrack, ever. You've just watched it on TV, and your your buddy from work is like, hey, come hop in the truck with me for 12 to 14 hours of driving straight and hang out at a racetrack all weekend and then turn around and drive home and be back at work Monday morning. Yeah. I mean, it sounds crazy, but <laughs> you left out the part where, uh, you get to hang out at a legendary racetrack all weekend with some of the coolest people you'll ever get to meet and some of the coolest cars you'll ever get to see. So to some people it's worth it. And to some people, uh, it, it, the, the math just doesn't add up for them, which I totally get. Yeah, well, with him, he was like, dude, I'm down. Like, we're, we're both off. Let's go. We were working on different crews at the time. So our schedules just happened to line up for, for Lime Rock. And I know for me, it was the second Lime Rock got announced last year. I was like, I have to go to Lime Rock. I, oh, yeah. I don't yeah. care what it is. I will cancel AMP. I will cancel Midwest. I want to go to Lime Rock because – what are the chances, you know, because then we didn't know, you know, it was a shot in the dark as to how the event was going to go and if we were going to be allowed back or not. So I was like, if I miss this opportunity, I'm going to, you know, kick myself for the next 10 years. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I get it. So I, I made sure that that was the one event come hell or high water that I was at. And I am beyond glad that I went because it is as it stands right now, my favorite track in the country. Well, it's definitely highlighted on our calendar. We had to miss last year, but uh, there's yeah, there, there's I nothing really that can sad. happen this year that's going to make me miss that. I was really sad when I didn't see your car anywhere in the paddock. Oh, like, believe me, I get it. It was uh, it was one of those weekends that was hard to be on the sidelines for. Yeah, I walked around and I didn't see you. I didn't see Scott Robertson, and I was like. 
this this is not okay where is everybody <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's uh it's unfortunate but we had to pull out last minute last year uh that won't be happening again well i will be very excited to get your opinion on that track we'll have to do another one of these at that track too yeah um, absolutely because dude that that place is not to mention lakeville connecticut looks like it's straight out of a hallmark movie so when i've heard it's beautiful when we got there it's like midnight yeah i mean you think i'm driving from south carolina you know and stopping for food stopping for you know to fill up the truck with fuel and whatnot and we finally get into lakeville and it's like 11 45 12 o'clock at night and i'm driving this loud ass duramax through this quiet peaceful little town in the middle of the night and i'm like i am so so sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon's like, why are you apologizing to people that are asleep? I was like, because they're probably not asleep now because they can hear yeah, me right. driving through here. Well, that that is the price you pay when you live uh, in a racing town. Yeah, yeah, I guess they're probably used to it. You know, the, the loud 18-wheelers rolling through there when IMSA shows up. And... Oh, yeah. you, you can't live next to a racetrack and then complain that you live next to a racetrack. Well, apparently you can. It's just the entire <laughs> automotive community will hate you for it. Yeah, right. Because I, I see posts from people that live in Atlanta talking about they hate the noise from Road Atlanta. And then all you see are nothing but comments replying to them saying that, well, then why did you move next to a racetrack? Well, yeah, yeah there's a lot of moving parts there, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's it's you know how it goes. It's always a mess. People people can complain what they want, but hopefully, hopefully, Road Atlanta and Lime Rock and tracks like that. Hopefully, they they stick around for a long, long, long well, we time. Are, I don't think we're going anywhere this year that has any noise restrictions, including Laguna Seca, for, which right. is I don't know how they got that. I don't know how in the world they pulled that off because that's always been the one thing I've always heard is like. The noise restrictions at Laguna Seca are insane. You have to abide that's, by them. That's how I understood it. And I don't know how Adam and them pulled it off, but kudos to them because that's yeah, that's no amazing. Yeah, there's amazing. there's uh, there's got to be a story there. I'd be curious to know more. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, w with Grid Life, when is there not a good story? Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely a treasure trove. Yeah, treasure trove of storylines. That's for sure. Yeah, that's that's another track that. I mean, you and I have talked about this, but man, I I want to go out there so bad. It's not even funny how bad I want to go out there. Laguna oh, Seca, it's, it's, it's a, another for us. Yeah, we we won't miss that one. Uh, it, that's just an opportunity I can't leave on the table. And see, that's where I'm having the, the same feelings I had about Lime Rock. It's like yeah. you can't miss Laguna Seca. No, the corkscrew's calling so, my name, man. I got to go drive it. I know. And the thing is, my car would actually do fairly well there because my car is a momentum car, and that's very much a momentum track, except for the corkscrew. Yeah, Corkscrew, right. You gotta be, you gotta be careful. But the rest of it, you can pretty much just kind of stay in it. Um, well, that's the plan. Send it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're making this hard. Everybody's <laughs> making it hard. Everybody wants me to go to Laguna Seca, and I'm just like, guys, it's so far. I mean, it, we don't. It, it doesn't take a lot of convincing. It's not like you have to get sold on yeah, going to the yeah. place. The, the track speaks for itself. Yeah, it, it set that in stone for me in, oh, God, what, 1998, when I sat down and played Gran Turismo for the first time. I think that's got that's got to be a part of every young racing driver's story. <laughs> yeah, I grew like, up I, driving X at whatever racetrack, and now yep. I'm a racing driver. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Because I remember playing Gran Turismo two when that one came. I wish that was like I don't know two thousand, two thousand one, something like that. And driving the Toyota GT one, that wild, crazy. Uh, oh yeah prototype car they made that they yep. only, i think they only made like what five of them yep like four race cars and one road going car so that they could say hey there's a road version of this so let us race that's it. exactly it i remember driving that at laguna seca uh as a little kid and being extremely shocked and scared when i just went flat out going into the corkscrew not paying attention to what the track layout was like and just like soaring through the air <laughs> crashing into the barriers it's like where'd the track go <laughs> well go, go put your car on the trailer and we can go do it in real life well i'd rather minus the soaring through the air part Let, let's yeah, skip yeah, that we'll, part. we'll limit that part Let, let's not do that one Let, let's we'll, we'll break even before the three marker just to play it <laughs> safe um so I know this one's a, a tough subject for you, kind of bringing it back around to regular guy racing, but tell me about Lydia. What, what happened and what is going to happen? Well, it's, it's not so sore of a subject. Um, I mean, I, unfortunately, I, you just have to kind of come to grips with if you're going to race cars and you want to push yourself, um, that you're going to get, you're going to make mistakes and, um, there are going to be incidents that have greater consequences than others. Um, my mistake, you know, on track with Lydia at Heartland last year, um, was, you know, in a vacuum, it was a really small mistake, but it circumstantially where it happened on the track, um, and the way that it happened, uh, put my car in the wall. Um, and you know, it, 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 it I don't want to sound like jaded about it, but, um, you know, it was one of those moments where like, uh, you kind of had to be able to compartmentalize a little bit because, um, there are like the, there are like the, um, what's the word? Like the, the, hmm. Those unjust, those like inexplainable uh, emotions that you have, like all of the feelings of attachment that you have to the car, um, all of those things like make you feel emotional about the incident. But as a driver, you kind of have to be able to um, compartmentalize those. And, and if you really want to yeah. commit to a program like we're trying to establish, then it's kind of like, okay, what's next? So, um, 
I did allow yeah, myself to kind of stop yourself and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I allowed myself a little bit of time to kind of like grieve on it. Um, but really the, the biggest challenge was like figuring out if we were going to be able to recover enough quick enough to get back out on track this year, which fortunately we are, but that was probably the most difficult part about that situation. Um, but once I knew, you know, that we had the, the time and the resources and the parts availability and, um, the, the support system in the shop to get another car ready to field this year. Um, I kind of, the, the emotion of, of the wreck at Heartland kind of faded away and now we've got a new car to focus on and we have, um, kind of simplified the, uh, reliability issues out of the car that we had in it last year. So we've got a lot to look forward to. Um, the incident at Heartland obviously, I think, set the program back in the short term. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, for the 2023 season, we're going to be rolling out a, a much better and a much more capable car. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I, I know I've been catching the little snippets you've sent me and whatnot uh, here and there as the car comes along. Um, for anybody listening, definitely keep keep a lookout for Colton because – I have a very strong feeling you will be quite competitive this year. I'm hoping. Especially with I'm the really setup hoping. that you're running. Um, we, we have found some mistakes that uh, we made on the, the previous build uh, that I really think are going to pay big dividends correcting this year. Uh, aside from making the power plant change from the S54 to the LS7, um, there are some mistakes that we made uh, on a, from a decision-making standpoint on the build uh, from last year uh, that I think we kind of paid for for the entire season. Uh, and having an opportunity to completely start fresh uh, with, with uh, essentially a clean sheet of paper on the new car uh, we were able to take what we learned from the last one, apply it to this build. It's it's significantly more capable and half as complicated as our last car, which I think is going to pay huge dividends for us this year. So even if I didn't get any better as a driver, which I, I feel like I really have over the offseason, um, I know our car is going to be more capable, especially once we get a couple opportunities uh, to shake it down and really get it put together for the year. Yeah, well, I'm excited for it. So leading into that, what events as of now, I know it, you know, we always know things can change and stuff can get added or taken away or whatever. Um, what grid life events are you planning to be racing at this year? We will be racing the full GLTC schedule as well as the uh, Midwest's rev up event um, going into Midwest Fest. I'm not sure if we're going to be um adding any non-gltc events uh but with that full gltc schedule we will also be registering for the uh nascar support series event at road america in july yeah dude how nuts is that yeah that's I was a, talking that's with a adam about game. that yesterday yeah that that is just completely nuts and wild that grid life was was asked by nascar 
to open at Road right. America. I think that's amazing. Well, it, it it's obviously an amazing accomplishment from from the Grid Life organization, and and I think it's a huge milestone um, and sets a new benchmark as far as uh, what the future of the program is going to look like as far, or the future of the organization rather. Um, Definitely. But I don't want to say like, I'm, I'm like over the moon excited about it, but I don't, I don't want to go so far as to say I'm like really surprised because I, I, I know people kind of like roll their eyes at me cause I say it all the time, but I think grid life's specifically GLTC's product is good and entertaining enough from a competitive standpoint and a visuals standpoint that it would be silly for a, a NASCAR or an IMSA or IndyCar or whatever um, to pass up an opportunity if they had it to, to um, show that product off. Uh, I, I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be more of a feature uh, for NASCAR than it is like a sideshow. I, I really think, it's going to um, impress a, a, a new appreciation for grassroots racing on a, on a, on a big audience on the NASCAR stage. I agree. I agree. Because I think one thing that I hear from a lot of people is who wants to watch the same cars go around and around and around when, and not in the sense of obviously, you know, NASCAR, they are essentially all in a very vague, simplistic sense. They're essentially the same car. But for people to get into racing and see such a diverse paddock that GLTC offers, and I mean, and Time Attack too, um, with Grid Life, is you have all kinds of cars. I mean, I don't think you can go and watch a GLTC race and be bored, especially when you have guys like Carl showing up in his Honda Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think, had... uh, go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say, I, I remember the, I remember the excitement and the feeling that I felt when I saw my first GLTC race at mid Ohio, which I think was like 2019, um, or 2018, maybe I don't remember. It was one of those two years. Um, but I, I just remember like, I remember watching the pace lap, like the formation lap and being like, wow, there's like, there's gotta be, 20 different like builds out or different cars out there um all built differently and um everyone has clearly like taken it up as a as a driver everyone's clearly taken it upon themselves to like build really cool cars and then they take the green flag and the 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 parody and the racing is exceptional um and and the talent in the field is exceptional um and you you put all that together and I, i i don't know how you can put that in front of an audience who loves racing in any way and, and them not have an appreciation for it. So um, I, I think we've got a big opportunity to, to put a lot of, to, to put GLTC uh, in front of a lot of people and, and make a really good impression. Well, and I think it's, it, it goes to show too, like you were saying, it speaks so well for the organization as a whole when, Oh yeah. Yeah. You have well, it's, sent, you it's you have true grassroots drivers on on that level of a stage. You know, yeah, these are not yeah. factory back drivers with factory back cars, or you know, you guys aren't throwing around millions of dollars 
to build these cars and develop these cars and take them to the track, you're working like just like you and I do. You know, people are working with what they have and doing it at a competitive level and an impressive competitive level. You know, when you look at GLTC times and compare them to time attack times, it's kind of scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the talent level in GLTC is crazy. Um, I, I was I was just telling uh, somebody within my friend group here at home that that's not part of the racing community. Um, I was just telling him, you know, we're, we're going to we, we go to tracks all the time throughout the season and and drivers in GLTC set track records everywhere we go every year. And now we're going to go to Road America open for the Xfinity series and probably run within eight or nine seconds of Xfinity's lap times at the front of the field. Um, and that so sounds I, absurd to people who don't know about GLTC. Yeah. Like it's just a bunch of guys who built race cars in their garages. And, and now we're, now we're going and opening for a pro level series. Um, and, and we'll be doing so in a way that, um, you know, most people would probably think, Oh, that's going to look like a joke. But in reality, we're going to field 55 cars or whatever. And uh, the fast guys are going to be probably within single digit lap times of the Xfinity cars, which I think is going to be one of those things that like really sticks with people. I agree. I agree. So where can I know you've got to go here soon? Where can people follow along? Okay. Um, so if people want to follow along on the uh, RGR stuff, it's regular guy racing underscore M three uh, on Instagram. And you can follow me on my personal Facebook page, which is just Colton Wade, um, which it's, it's essentially just strictly a racing team page now, but um, you can follow along on both of those uh, social media platforms. We also have like the world's worst YouTube channel uh, that I'm trying to make better this year. Um, but uh, I, I'd say Instagram's probably the best place to keep track of what we're doing now. Um, you're catching me at a good time uh, with the future front runner stuff. We are announcing our recipient on Friday of this week. So we're down to our top three finalists as we speak, and they're, they're currently being reviewed. So uh, this would be a That's good awesome. week to jump online and go follow us. Um, Friday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, we'll be announcing the winner. So it'll be a big social media day for us, uh, with a lot of interaction. So if you don't follow the page currently, um, go follow us and keep an eye on our activity Friday. Cause it should be a ton of fun. Heck yeah, dude. Well, Colton, bro, thanks for hopping on here, man. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, of course, always I'm, good to I'm, talk I'm to able you. to make it work. Yeah, you too. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while. I'm glad we were able to carve out some time. I really, really appreciate it, man. And, uh, I guess I will catch you at CMP. In yeah, March. man, it's 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 coming up quick. Um, yeah, I, it uh, it, it's it's funny the off season. You know, it's it feels so long at first, but um, now you know Coda's on the horizon, and we've already got our eyes set on you know making logistics plans for CMP in March. So the season's about to be hot and heavy. So you and I are about to be seeing a lot more of each other. Yep, yep. We're both going to be pretty busy this year. Oh, I yeah. just ordered oh, yeah. my there tires is. this morning. Yeah, and so. I, I literally I just pulled into the race shop right now. We've got a we've got a situation on our hands to make it back to the dyno on Friday. So that's going to be my nice. day today. Very nice. Well, good luck to that, brother. I will talk to you later, man. Thanks for coming All on. Right. Thanks, Justin. See ya. See you, dude. Be good. Bye.